Hello, welcome to another episode of The Daily. This is Janice with you today. Welcome Friday. <laughs> and Saturday, Sunday, here we come. I can't believe it's another week already, but you know, it flew past. Since HBL started, I cannot decide if I look forward to weekends or weekdays. Honestly, I never thought I would come to such a point as to be confused about what most people would consider a no-brainer in terms of which is preferred. Am I the only one? Maybe not. We are, after all, experiencing quite a number of new things lately, aren't we? But me not knowing whether I look forward to weekend more or weekdays, I have yet to come to terms with it, seriously, really throws me off to feel undecided about this. So, <sighs> ask me again next week. We're looking at Psalm 139, which is very familiar to us because of verses 13 and 14. You need me in my mother's womb, and uh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, that passage, it's often uh, quoted in, you know, um, baby uh, dedications and whatnot as well. But verse 7 is also quite outstanding. It's a rhetorical question there that packs so much in a bunch. Verse 7 reads like this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Reading on verses 8 through 12, the psalmist proceeds to, well, answer his own question, basically. Verse 8, he goes on, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. This entire psalm not only emphasizes how intimately God knows the psalmist through and through, but also his all-round greatness. God knows everything about me, the psalmist writes, and God is everywhere. And sometimes I think we lose the wonder of this uniqueness of our God. God who is creator, who is in all things, who is above all things. He's also the one God who numbers our days, knows the tally of our hair, and bottles up our tears. There's no God like Him, really, right? A few months ago, I found myself mulling over this sentence again, that devotion is the facility to find God in all things. Let me say that again. Devotion is the facility to find God in all things. One of those potent statements, at least in my opinion, that you can try to unpack for your whole life and still find it so deep. This season, perhaps we would do well to cultivate greater inner awareness through prayer and worship, don't you think? While we may feel confined within this physical space of our homes, even if some of us own rather big homes, right? Or distant in terms of physical relating with others beyond those of our own households. Or, you know, feeling so limited in what you can do, where you can go. Yet our union of God, our awareness of Him, and indeed His all-round presence and greatness is in no way curtailed, but endeavors 
if we are intentional about it, it endeavors to expand and grow and increase all the more. So humor me, if you really personalize it, this psalm that we read, in fact, think of your house even as we read these verses over. I've taken the liberty to kind of contextualize it a bit. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the next floor up, you are there. If I move my bed to the storeroom, you are there. If I make wings for my kids to play with and we fly from room to room to the farthest corners of our house, or I go out for a supermarket trip with yet another mask on, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. Now, if you found that ridiculous, I don't mean any disrespect to the psalm, but just think with me. Do we imagine God's presence permeating our homes, our hearts, our habits, like the psalmist did? And yet his presence does. He was writing poetically, talking about making his bed, taking off on wings. But the gist of it was plainly that in verse 7, where can I go? The psalmist says, you're everywhere. And the more I realize that and welcome that and be attuned to your everywhereness, God, then the clearer your guidance and your loving presence becomes. The more I'm able to perceive and expect it. I can in fact grow in awareness of you, God. So in his place, the psalmist's place, when we read this, appropriate it in our context, we're saying, God, nowhere, nothing and no one escapes you. And I believe that applies to every nook and cranny, not only of our homes, but most definitely our hearts too. Elizabeth Dreyer in her book, Earth Crammed with Heaven, makes this provocative statement. In a profound way, our intentionality is a key ingredient determining whether we notice God everywhere or only in church or only in suffering or nowhere. It all depends on how we choose to fashion our world. How true. And that facility to find God in all things. May we grow intentionally and thus invite God to stoke our fires of devotion for Him. There is a form of prayerful reflection that St. Ignatius of Loyola developed called the Examen, described in his work Spiritual Exercises practiced by the Jesuits. Sometimes it's referred to as an examination of consciousness. Many people who incorporate this as a rhythm in their day would do it perhaps at the end of the day. Um, many also would do it twice, say lunch or uh, noontime, and then end the end of the day. So in doing that, we would from memory kind of go through the day, or what events happened, what conversations took place, incidents or circumstances you're going through, and so on. And try to discern God's presence, His guidance, inner movements of our hearts, and how we can respond to God from the recollection and respond in prayer. If it helps, imagine rummaging through a drawer of the day, so to speak. Like you have this drawer and throughout the day, like everything that happens gets dumped inside. And then imagine rummaging through it and noticing, oh, you know, what's there, what's not there. 
and then noticing, oh, I, I found it, that God was in this conversation, God was in that situation. I remember first hearing and learning about this in Bible school and seeing how it is helpful for spiritual formation. I remember trying to be intentional in leading uh, my, young, my young people in reflection exercises, especially the leaders, because these exercises got us to be still, examine our hearts, think reflectively, and where appropriate, actually share bits of it for mutual accountability and growth, which are mostly not what comes naturally for them. And you know, I don't think it comes naturally for many of us either. This season, as we seek God and His purposes and deepen our prayer lives, you know, I mean, I'm getting challenged. I, I do am positive that by practicing the presence of God more and more with prayer tools like the Lord's Prayer, the Examine, we can grow in our ability to discern our inner motivations, which we don't audit often enough. We can learn to discern our pain points, our emotional triggers, desires that are life-giving, places of wounding or, or emptiness, our relationship dynamics, things like that. There would really be no shortcuts in how God fashions a people that live out His call for the church in this hour. So to break it down, so that it's easier to recall and practice, there are essentially five parts or steps, if you like, which can take anything from five minutes to an hour. Firstly, presence. So you start with acknowledging God's presence. Yes, we know He's always with us, just like the psalm says, but it's something to acknowledge His presence, to say, yes, God, I'm here with you and you're here with me, to cultivate greater awareness. And after we've done that, then we review this, like the rummaging part. We go through the day's events, um, interactions you had, um, go through it with gratitude. What took place? Who did you meet or bump into? Um, was anything good or bad? Just reviewing that. And then next, we pay closer attention here to emotions that came up. You can express these emotions freely without filter. The consolation and desolation that we talked about yesterday, this is where it comes in. So this is where you can recognize one uh, consolation and one desolation from today. And then after presence and review and then paying attention to the emotions, the fourth part is from all of that, pick one feature of the day and pray into it. Perhaps it's one of the emotions that came up or something you discovered about yourself or something, right? So pick one feature of the day and pray into that. And then lastly, the fifth part is to look with hope for tomorrow. So that's presence, review, and then paying attention to your emotions, picking one feature, and then look with hope. I hope this helps get a picture of the prayer of examine. It sounds kind of structured, maybe you know, some of the words sounds a bit like unfamiliar-ish. But it's likely that some of you may have already been praying prayers that are like that, just that you didn't do it in this format. 
Jim Manny, who teaches on Ignatian spirituality and has written about the examine, says, It's an immediate solution to the problem, what do I pray about? The answer is everything that's happened to you today. You might have the impression that your everyday life is the dreary same old, same old. It isn't. Daily life is rich and meaningful. Every encounter, every challenge, every disappointment and every delight is a place where God can be found. Precisely the observation from our psalm for today. So of course, please know that examine is really more of an attitude rather than a method. Right? Use it in the context of relationship with God. It's not a to-do. We don't need this as a to-do. So I encourage you to pick this up, check in with God, go through the five parts, really focus on communing with God more contemplatively. That's the key. In the next few moments to do a prayer exercise. It's not the examine, but it is a contemplative prayer exercise. Start by quieting your heart. Take a couple of slow, deep breaths. I always find that helps me center. So as you quiet your heart, notice God is present with you and acknowledge that. Next, focus on this. In what situation or conversation this week can you discern God was guiding you now as you recall? Conversely, in what situation or conversation can you discern that you followed your own fleshly desire and you resisted God's nudging or God's guidance now as you recall? Now, lean into God's presence and pay attention to how you feel about that. This can be about God guiding you or about you resisting Him, whichever, either one. Pick one and then go deeper. How do you feel about that and what would you like to tell God now? And you can take a few seconds just to end with a prayer of thanks to God and to ask Him just empower you for the rest of today. Right, let me close in prayer. All-knowing God, we give thanks for who you are. And for all that you've done for us, you know us better than we know ourselves, all our thoughts, our actions, yet you love us. No matter where we go, what we do, your love surrounds us, before us and behind us. 
you gently lead and guide and bless us. We praise you for your love and your faithful presence in our lives. May your spirit move in our hearts and minds. Examine our attitudes and actions. Lay bare the things we need to confess and challenge us with your word and guide us on to paths that lead to life. For we are your people, called by your name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily. May you have God moments throughout today. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.